0: Each time we do Simply Jesus, we encourage you to ask us difficult questions. And you surpassed yourself this uh, last last time we met. Uh, The question you've given me to answer is the one coming up on the screen now. Is there any evidence outside of the Bible for the resurrection of Jesus? I really struggled with this until I found this quote from Josephus. First century um, author, he, it says, About this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man, for he wrought surprising feats. Feats, sorry, He was the Christ. When Pilate condemned him to be crucified, those who had come to love him did not give up their affection for him. On the third day he appeared, restored to life, and the tribe of Christians, etc., etc., Unfortunately, when you read about this particular quote, it's almost certainly been doctored sometime after um, Josephus wrote it. There are elements of uh, his writing in there, but they don't believe this is the original document, because certainly it's unlikely that Josephus would have made those claims. So, as I looked, there isn't actually written documentary evidence, which is not surprising, because there's very little written evidence of what happened at those times, which is why the Bible is such a unique document. The other interesting thing I found as I did some research is, around the time of Jesus, there were a number of other potential messiahs. I don't know if you know this. There was a guy called Judah the Hammer, I'm sure these have been brought to English. It was uh, He was in 160 years before the birth of Christ. Uh, Simon the Star, AD 130, after Jesus. And Simon Bar-Giora, in 60 years after Jesus, around the time when Jerusalem fell. They were all well-known because they'd led revolutions. Some of them had cleansed the temple. Many of them had followers. But when they died the group that they were leading, disappeared. So what was different about Jesus? Why was it that now, 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years later, that we believe there was something more to who he was and what he did? Well, I believe that fact was that he rose from the dead. Something amazing happened. Something incredible happened that meant a bunch of... Of uneducated um, working men and women transformed the world and for me that must be and can only be explained by the resurrection because something incredible happened at the time the Romans were out to persecute and get rid of the Christians as was the Jewish establishment there was something powerful that kept them moving. So that's the first one for me. First piece of evidence for the resurrection. The second piece of evidence for the resurrection is actually the 2.7 billion people today who believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Something powerful has happened to every single one of those. They have experienced Jesus in a very different and a real way. They have a relationship with that living God, and that would attest to the resurrection too. So for me, there are two pieces of evidence outside of the Bible. The first is the fact the church exists or Christians exist today at all. Something amazing happened. And the second one is the testimony of Christians like many of you and myself today about what happened. Now, If any of you following today have any questions you'd like to ask, or if you think that one was too easy and you want to come up with one that's even harder for next time, please do, because I'm speaking next time, which means somebody else is going to have to answer the question, (laughs) all right? Text number's up there on the board, so, um, and it'll come back later on in the service so you don't forget it. Or if you can't work out how to text it to me or you forgot the number, then just grab me after the service and uh, we'll see if we can answer your questions. Okay, now I think I'm handing over to Becky, who's going to do the reading. Thank you.
1: So the reading this evening is from John, chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. At this point we watched a video about life, death and the love of our Saviour. You can watch it yourself at fallingplates.com or by searching YouTube for Falling Plates and select the video which runs for four minutes, eight seconds by CRU.
2: Good evening, everybody. It's good to see you and to be here tonight. Um, Just to let you know, my name's Matt, and uh, I've got a dodgy leg, if you've noticed. Um, More about that later. But uh, right now, it's just good to be with you and uh, to share in this whole uh, discussion about who is Jesus? And what does it matter to believe in him? Um, At the end of that video clip was the question, uh, will you follow me uh, to continue the conversation? And I imagine over these evenings you've been hearing from different people uh, about insights into who Jesus is. And if you've been to those, then you will have gathered pace along the conversation. But if it's you're here for the first time, then this is an introduction perhaps. Will you follow? We are made to follow. We are created to follow. And uh, there's many things that we seek to follow in life. If you can put the next slide on, that would be great. I don't know about you, how many uh, people you follow on the different social media apps that you have, or you may be one of the very few people that say, I don't have any of these things whatsoever. It's not about who I follow through that. But if you're like me, then you're looking at your phone fairly regularly, and there's different sort of things, WhatsApp groups, do you love them or hate them? but Facebook or or Instagram or Twitter uh, or Snapchat, if you're of a younger age, perhaps. But there's this whole thing about following. And um, for me, I follow Aston Villa, the Twitter. That's divided half of you. Um, You're putting this off, aren't you? Because, yeah, I know. Um, I also follow England cricket. That's really important to me as well. Um, I went to the Worst Day of the Ashes in Manchester. Um, But that aside, I I do follow England cricket. I follow my favorite curry house in Sturchley. And um, the guy who owns it's a Muslim, and he and I have a really brilliant relationship. And uh, he knows I'm a Christian, he's a Tottenham fan, and we have such fun together. He cooks curries for our church events. Uh, It's brilliant. Um, Anyway, I follow him and the Curry House. I follow our local schools, discussion groups about church and, and community events. Um, I follow now, only this weekend, Birmingham and West Midlands ladies football team, because my daughter started playing for them. So uh, I've been following them a little bit. And then Oxford Brooks University, because my son uh, just started there last week. So different uh, people, institutions, things that I follow. And most of us are living in an age today where we follow people, institution or things. Who is it that you're following most? Or how many people follow you? We choose to follow and we like to be followed. At the end of that clip was the question, will you follow me? It's a question that is being explored by this man, Nicodemus. If you can go on to the next slide, that would be great. Um, Nicodemus seeks Jesus out. And John is really at pains to make us aware that he's seeking Jesus out in the middle of the night. Uh, This is not in broad daylight. Nicodemus has caught wind of the kind of things that Jesus is doing and the kind of things that Jesus is saying. And whilst there wasn't Twitter and Snapchat back in the day, there was oral, believe it or not, people talked face to face. And people caught wind of what was going on. And Jesus wasn't keeping it a secret at this time. Uh, to certain men he said come follow me Uh, and some were fishermen and there were other people too and they dropped their nets or they stopped what they were doing and they said yes we will follow you immediately without question because they had an inkling of how incredible Jesus was and then Jesus goes to this wedding and changes water into wine and that's something that is gossiped around the community I mean it would be today wouldn't it Jesus does this incredible thing to carry on the party so that people can continue to celebrate and well just enjoy life together but perhaps also give God the glory recognizing that this Jesus did something incredible a miracle that was outstanding and bizarre in equal measure. It caused questions, raised intrigue. People started to notice. It was obvious. In broad daylight, Jesus was doing things and saying things that caused people to question what was going on. Who is this man? And Nicodemus is this man. Uh, learned Pharisee. He knows the Hebrew Bible. He is religious in his morality. He understands his Judaism and he lives and breathes it. And Jesus comes to say and do things that causes him in the secrecy of the night to search for Jesus. Hmm. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs, i.e. turning water into wine, that you are doing if God were not with him. But for Nicodemus, there is only one God. And here comes Jesus acting and doing things that cause Nicodemus to say, but you're acting in the way that God would act. You're saying things that only God has the authority to say. So it causes Nicodemus to question his whole belief structure because of the provocation of Jesus' actions and sayings. And in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. And in this passage, Jesus says a lot, I tell you the truth. In a day and age when truth is up for grabs... There's a lot about truth in here. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born again? When he is old, Nicodemus asked? surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And this conversation goes back and forth between birth and rebirth about the kingdom and about the water and spirit. And it's a wonderful occasion of conversation, of community, of connection, of relationship, where one seeks to follow another. But the jury is still out on whether Nicodemus will actually say, yes, I will follow you. The conversation is too rich and complex for Nicodemus to say, I'm definitely going to follow you straight away because he can't work it out in his head, let alone his heart. So they get into this debate, and it's a wonderful, rich debate. (laughs) Last night, um, sorry, not last night, Friday night, uh, a few of us from the church of which I minister went uh, to uh, a street food festival that our church holds for the community. And there was this um, street food van called Full of Chat, which is a curry, uh, uh, sort of a street food thing, and the BBC were filming. And we had lots of people from the community there, and it was a wonderful occasion, and we got into conversations with people, mixed with people from the church and people from the community, and it was wonderful. Um, it didn't look like church, it just looked like people gathered together and having conversations over uh, a coffee or a beer. In our church, we've got a cafe and a bar. So you just pick and choose which one you want to go to. And everyone goes to street food uh, and gets some food. And we just chill out and relax together. But what happened on Friday night is that as I was having a conversation with someone, my leg started to hurt a little bit. And I just le- I said, there weren't many chairs around. And I just put my backside on the side of someone's chair. <laughs> and, uh, and she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, excuse me, because she didn't know I was a minister of the church or anything like that, so it wasn't obvious, and um, she said, excuse me, but you can't have that, my, my husband's there, he's just gone to the loo, and uh, I said, oh, that's fine, and uh, then my friend came over and said, um, but have you noticed he's got a bad knee, he's got arthritis, that's what I've got in my knee, and she goes, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I said, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, anyway, her husband came over, and we got into this conversation over this full of chat, and a, 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 I kind not I don't know, a latte and a pint of craft beer, whatever it might have been. And we got into a conversation. And, uh, and anyway, to cut a very long story short, she said, oh, I'm a Christian. And she said to me, what do you do? Well, I know when I hear that question, what do I do, it's like Marmite. You know, it's a real turn-off for some people. It's like, oh, no, you know, you're going to be boring or irrelevant, um, and... Uh, or just a bit of an awkward conversation, I want to get out of it quickly. Uh, or, people are going to go, oh, that's interesting. And uh, she said to me, oh, I'm glad you are, I'm amazed. You look more like a footballer, she said. <laughs> anyway, uh, she, th- th- we got into a conversation, and her husband came back, and he is an atheist, very proud atheist, quite proud of it. And we got into this great conversation, on Friday night, and he said, I cannot believe the stuff my wife believes, and I cannot believe the stuff that you believe. But then he said this towards the end of the conversation, because basically, I didn't do the Christian thing. <laughs> I didn't try and give my viewpoint. I just simply felt God say, listen, Matt, and listen well. <laughs> so that's what I did, I basically asked questions. Just ask loads of questions. Oh, that's really, you're passionate about being an atheist. Why is that? Anyway, we got into a big conversation. Then at the very end of the conversation, he said this, and it staggered me. He said, my wife believes, and you believe, and I can't do it, but I wish I could. And he said, and he started to not well up nearly, "I I just can't. Then I talked about why why and then we are arranged to meet again and when we meet again that may be an opportunity for him to ask me a bit more about why i choose to follow jesus but in the place of the night or in a community event or a place like this conversations are crucial absolutely crucial And I love the way in which Jesus, first off, is in a place of conversation rather than telling Nicodemus straight away. Because he knows Nicodemus knows his stuff. But this conversation about spirit and water, about heaven and the kingdom and all sorts, is a rich conversation where Jesus knows the heart of Nicodemus is to seek the truth. I love the question, and you read it so well. <laughs> How can this be, Nicodemus says, when Jesus talks about being born of the Spirit? How can this be? What does the Spirit mean? And Jesus, when he says about being born of the Spirit, is talking about being born in a way that brings new freedom. 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 From loneliness, freedom from cerebral, brainy religion, freedom from anxiety, freedom from the pressure of society, freedom of looking popular, freedom from being stuck in his own worldview liberated into an adventure discovering the truth of God found in Jesus, liberated into a place of relationship rather than stuffy religion, into a place of communion with the very heart of God in the person of Jesus, liberated into of forgiveness, of sin. (laughs) To be born of the Spirit is to live a new life. And that's what Jesus was calling Nicodemus into. And perhaps tonight, you are being called into a conversation which may lead into exploring the question, will you follow Jesus? Go on to the next slide, please. Last Sunday, um, we had uh, a baptism service, and I've been a Baptist minister for 19 years, but last Sunday was the first time in those 19 years that this happened. What happened was that four young people were baptized, and baptism, uh, for many of us, we know what baptism is all about, but for some of us, maybe we don't. It's a strange, weird, and wonderful act. Adults going into water. Uh, in a public declaration of saying, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. Well, what we do in our church, we have this very small baptistry, as you can see, and we don't have it inside. It would be like having it on the streets out there. We choose, choose not to have a baptism inside the church, but outside, because baptism should never be hidden. And so we plonk this, temp- this kind of like structure, uh, this big bath. It looks like a bathing pool, but um, uh, a birthing pool even, No, know. But uh, don't worry about that. Um, don't be scared. Uh, and, uh, and we put it outside. And what happens is that, um, so the four people were baptized. And on a Sunday, our cafe is open at 12 o'clock. And also the bar is open at 12 o'clock. Now that's controversial for some. But it's because we're surrounded by sports community, and they come and use the football pitches and rugby pitches, and they use the two facilities. And we offer free tea and coffee for people in the community as they're there as part of the blessing of the church, the generosity of the church. So baptism, we feel, is a really important thing that everybody in the community can see as life is going on around us. And... um, Anyway, so I was in the, in the, uh, in the baptistry, and uh, after that it all happened, I always do this, and Paul, you know this is a good Baptist tradition, you always invite people to respond if they want to be baptized there and then. Never in my 19 years has it happened, apart from last Sunday. And what happens, we baptized outside, but then we go back inside the church, and we sing a couple of songs while you know we get dried and, and sorted out, and it's all very appropriate. And and as we were singing, someone came up to me and said, I want to be baptised. Me being the ever practical person went, well, have you got a change of clothes? (laughs) And they said, no. And I said, well, and she was 17, I said, have you talked to your parents? And she said, yes. And I said, well, can I have a word with your parents? Had a chat with them and we decided, yes, God was speaking there and then, let this baptism happen. So we all got up out of our chairs and went outside again and another baptism there and then. It was incredible. And it was about the spirit being at work. There was nothing by way of arguing about whether the resurrection was real or the historical evidence of the resurrection. There was no time. The spirit was at work in a way that melted cold hearts and engaged the brain as well. Because it was actually very, it kind of seemed quite ordinary and normal, even if it was the first time ever in 19 years. The Spirit of God was at work, and this person gave their life to Jesus and was baptized. For Nicodemus, that isn't quite the same story. We can go back to the, the other um, slide. For Nicodemus, it's not about, yes, Lord, yes, I'm going to follow you straight away. The conversation ensues. And Jesus then is given a bit of airtime. And he starts to explore. You are Israel's teacher. You've called me rabbi. There's a respect between us. But you don't understand the things I'm talking about or the things I'm doing. You're trying to work it out in your head, but it's got to enter into your heart and soul. I speak of earthly things and of heavenly things. Don't rationalize it too much. For God so loved you, Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him would not perish, fade away, be isolated but would have eternal life, the gift of beauty, the gift of wonder, the gift of mystery and majesty, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of community with God for eternity. This is yours, Nicodemus. This is yours, each of you who are in this room tonight. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the calling from darkness into light. This is the calling from being imprisoned into the freedom and liberation of love eternal. This is the calling from isolation and individualism to community and belonging and still Nicodemus doesn't say yes, (laughs) not quite yet, he's still thinking it through. A little bit later on Nicodemus does give an answer, I'll leave you to explore what that answer is, maybe you can share that next week but my encouragement for you tonight is to enter into a conversation with God. And that may be through a person sitting next to you. It may be through a trusted friend. Begin to explore and discover the riches of God. You may be an atheist, like the person that spoke to me on Friday night. You may be someone on the edge, just not sure. You may have been a Christian for many, many years. The Spirit is here among us and wanting to draw you ever near into the love of God that is alone known in Jesus Christ. For his truth, it sets us free for the most incredible adventure that life can afford. May each of you know the love of God today and in the coming days. Amen.